0: This is a crowd podcast. A huge thank you to today's Patreon sponsor, Sarah Davey. Thank you so, so much, Sarah. And if you want to join our Patreon and help keep the show going, just head to patreon.com forward slash go love yourself for more information. Membership starts from £1 a week and you'll also get access to ad-free and early episodes. Or you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. The links to all of those will be in the episode description. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little
1: bit more. I feel like it's weaponized by personal trainers that look like me that shout at people and say you just need to eat less and move more. Slow clap, Captain <laughs> obvious. Thanks for pointing out the thing that we already fucking knew.
2: Laura, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. I mean, I'm very good the fact that we just had another bank holiday. No. Another one? <laughs> Another Another one one. (laughs) if you know you know. Um uh for the king's coronation yes. how was it <laughs> street parties were you flagging wait were you waving your flags i uh,
0: yeah i mean look my, my whole family of royals i'm not the biggest like charles and camilla fan all right but yeah no we did celebrate it we had a really lovely time uh, i'm more interested to know what you think about it because <laughs> i feel
2: like you're like anti-royals now i am a little bit um Ooh, in a, in a bite, respectful bite, way bite. everyone <laughs> in a respectful way in that like i don't think I care enough anymore either way yeah. but again just to reiterate I have gone a full 360 haven't I because I used to be you obsessed have. with the royals yeah. I now just don't I I don't care however the coronation was a moment in history such was you know the queen dying last year it was a mo- you know it doesn't impact my life but it's a moment in history and as a history fan I can appreciate that the coronation was really quite something and will be you know studying in history books for years to come so that's really cool I didn't have a street party or nothing like that I was gearing up for going out for a bottomless brunch on the Sunday and making the most of the bank holiday babes so I was tanning I was plucking and preening that was my <laughs> <coronation>. <laughs> we actually have been
0: caught up this is slightly unrelated but I was just thinking about you plucking and prodding and preening in your lovely little house Oh my! how is the decorating <laughs> going and I also have not had a dating update in a a very long time so tell me everything please
2: what i love is the planning and the end result i don't like the middle so the ikea wardrobe that i wanted to do a, a massive makeover on has sat with one coat of paint on in the little room for about three weeks so it's not great but it's fine and dating same same i have been talking to a few boys online because i've had some time off of work and Ooh. a bit more headspace to talk to boys because as we know it's a fucking full-time job talking to these boys mm. sometimes they open conversations and their opener is nice tits oh for, for, what are you 15 Jesus love in the air oh, oh, my, oh my god my, my hero is here nah. uh, what do you actually expect you to reply to that like I don't know like oh thank oh. goodness thank god you're here now I'm saved <laughs> fuck off uh, yeah the chat is is not good I think this year loads of single girls I'm having chats on on Instagram are saying the same thing it's pretty diabolical this year oh, the, no. the, the dating scene chat game is not strong no but I'm I, I will persevere and have some fun I, I'm just convinced that m- the love of my life I'm not going to find him on Hinge I think he's going to be in the real life but because I don't really go outside so much it's difficile <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the thought I've just popped into my head is you know like how you get specialist dating websites
2: is there one for historians oh I wondered where you were going with that I you thought you were like is it one for fat that. babes and I'm like yeah there's millions of them yeah no no you no. <gasps> should look into that like historian oh my god I'd love
0: it hickeys hickeys no.
2: <laughs> yeah like
0: you could totally bond over Richard the Third and everything
2: oh my god like Hot history hunks, yeah. Fuck. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to Google this immediately right.
0: and come back to you if this is legit. <laughs> no. and I'm sorry if it's not, and I've got your hopes up, and they're going to come crashing and burning down. I really do apologize. Don't
2: Google hot history hunks because you get something very different. Oh really? Um, <laughs> do it. Google it.
0: Google it. Everyone.
2: I I love that. That was I was on a walk. Um, I just went for a walk earlier, and I was listening to shockingly a podcast about medieval history, and I was like, I just would love. There's not anyone in my life who likes to talk about history with me, and that's absolutely fine. But I would love if a dude did like history so listeners a plea once more if you have a brother or a dad or an uncle or someone in your life who's like oh he'd be nice for Lauren and he likes history can you please hook me the fuck up (laughs) can't believe we got to season 3 and no one's hooked me the fuck up yet (laughs) sake I think we
0: should start hashtag hashtag do it for Lauren
2: hashtag find Lauren a hot history hunk (laughs) So today's episode is going to be a really interesting one, we think, and it's a bit different to what we normally chat about. And we're going to put a trigger warning here that we are going to be chatting about intentional weight loss and doing some myth busting around it in general. But we're both really excited for this episode because we've got uh, a personal trainer who chats online about bullshit free fitness, Ben Carpenter. And if you don't follow him, you absolutely must. So I know some of you will be listening
0: and thinking, why the hell are you talking to a slim male personal trainer? But it's because, like Lauren said, he debunks a lot of the myths around Fitness and he advocates for people in bigger bodies. And although it's sad, it's the fact that sometimes people don't listen to something when it comes from people who look like me and Lauren, but it has a lot more clout when it comes from someone in a smaller body. So while that internal fat phobia is something we are trying to unlearn, we thought it'd be really interesting to have a conversation with Ben. Before we crack on though, I just wanted to say that this does not mean that it's okay to talk about intentional weight loss on the Facebook group. We'll be chatting about it in the context of the podcast with trigger warnings. The group is one of the few places on the internet where people don't have to deal with people talking about intentional weight loss and we want to keep it that way. We want it to be a safe space. So even if there are some of you who are trying to lose weight for whatever reason, please just bear this in mind when chatting about the episode on the group and be kind. So a huge welcome to Ben. Uh, Before we get going, we've actually introduced something called the bag of dicks this season. And basically, we put things we don't like into the bag of dicks to get rid of it. So is there anything that you'd like to put into the bag this week?
1: I have have one thing, and this is a timely thing because it's something that's kind of been stewing in my mind the past few days but unsolicited comments on how you look from strangers. Mm-hmm. It's not even a, like a negative thing. I know like when I first talked about it, I had so many people being like, oh, the society is so woke, you can't even say nice things to strangers. And I was like, sure, I understand if you want to not take it seriously, go with that. But even even when people think they're being positive, the number of times that people are like, oh, you look so good, have you lost weight? Or so- something like that. Even for me personally, I feel like, some of the most genuine compliments, like people think thinking they're being nice has at times in my life reinforced behaviours that I don't think needed reinforcing. And there are times where I think it would probably be good for my own self-esteem and my own body image and the way I feel about myself to be complimented on something other than, oh, you're in shape. And I know everyone can have a different viewpoint and that's fine. I respect your viewpoints. I'm just saying for me personally, if no one commented on my body shape for the rest of my life, I don't feel like I'll be missing out.
0: I completely agree with you. So it's going straight into the bag of dicks. I think if it's not your body, it's not yours to comment on. We don't know what anyone is going through, whether they've lost weight intentionally or not. Like it could be from like health reasons, through trauma, through a divorce. We just don't know. And also, even if they have lost weight intentionally, I think it just reinforces the idea that like Weight loss is like the best thing that you can do. And it puts this pressure on people. Like if they were to like then gain the weight back. Like I had a message from a woman after talking about Ariana Grande's video. And she said, I've lost three stones. And I'm absolutely terrified of putting it back on now. Because everyone's like, you look so great. You look so much better. I can really see it in your face. You look amazing. She's like, oh, didn't I look amazing before? And it's just reinforcing all these like negative things in her that like society says, smaller is better
1: there was there was one person in particular and I won't say who they they were really close to me but I remember someone that I hadn't seen in a while messaged me and a group of other people and just said heads up I want you all to know that I've been through a bit of a time lots of things going on and I'm just forewarning you that I've gained weight and it broke my heart that they felt like they had to forewarn us Mm. that they'd gained weight as if that changed anything like I've known this person literally my whole life and hearing that coming from someone thinking that maybe I would have treated them differently. It it hit me on levels that this conversation doesn't normally hit me on. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just think like weight fluctuations in either direction. Like you say, even if someone is thinks they're being complimentary, it's kind of people then get terrified of, well, what happens if I change? Do do I look better now? Did I look shit before? I don't think I looked shit before. I felt fine. And it's just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't like it.
0: We just need to stop talking about people's bodies. And it actually brings me on to a question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about sort of debunking some myths around like health and fitness really on this episode. So the first question I have for you is really around, can you tell whether a person is healthy or not just by
1: looking at them? No. No, I, I, I don't think so. And I, it actually surprises me that people argue this. The way I describe it, the easiest way to describe it, is typically when people talk about health, especially when it comes to fitness, what they're really talking about is weight. They are looking at someone and saying, I know that person is not healthy. And the easiest way for me to kind of simplify it down is there can be like average risks. So when you look at lots and lots of people like populations of people, millions of people, you can see trends. And you're like, oh, quite a lot of people who weigh less, for example. I'm using that because so many, we rarely talk about that compared to the other end of the spectrum. Mm, so, true. Yeah. quite a lot of people who weigh less also have an increased mortality risk. They are more likely to die, mm. only somewhat elevated. Part of that association, that relationship, is because a lot of diseases are associated with wasting away. So, for example, I have Crohn's disease. And at my most ill, I went into a very, very underweight end of the BMI spectrum. So when you look at like lots and lots of people, you can see trends, but that doesn't mean that you can make individual assumptions. So for example, you, can, you could have two people at exactly the same weight who look exactly the same, but if one of them smokes, that is a confounding variable that isn't applicable to the other person if one of them exercises, but the other person doesn't, there are individual behaviors that intercept someone's body weight. So I don't like the the culture of saying, I can tell that person is unhealthy because of how they look. Because I feel like if you do that, you are also unintentionally saying that you can tell when people are healthy by how they look. Mm. And I've worked in an industry that prioritizes aesthetics over everything else for long enough to know that that's not true. I have had a, a worrying percentage of my kind of colleagues and peers, fitness models, athletes, pro bodybuilders, et cetera. I think if you saw the type of things they did to stay looking that way, most people would say that's not healthy. But when you look at them, you go, oh my God, like you're so healthy. You're, you know, your body fat percentage is low. Mm. I think it's a, a bad road to go down. Mm. I think it's a bad president and I think most importantly is it's actually not very intelligent saying just how someone looks is enough to know whether they're healthy or not because it's kind of like admitting that you can't think of anything else that would change that. They are either healthy or they're not. You don't have to ask about their behaviors, you don't have to ask about what they eat, you don't have to ask if they're physically active, you don't have to ask if they're stressed, you don't have to ask about their mental health. None of those things. You are healthy, you are not. Mm. Makes no sense.
0: I was really pleased when Zac Efron came out recently to talk about how he had to get in shape for Baywatch. And he was like, everyone was saying to him how amazing he looked and how ripped he looked. And he said it was disordered what he was doing in terms of like exercise and nutrition. And he was like, people don't understand like what it takes to look like that. Like I, I might may have looked good in other people's eyes, but that was not healthy and that was not sustainable.
1: I think he was also on like a cooking show where he, I think he was eating pasta And there was a lot of things in the headlines like Zac Efron nearly cries when eating pasta because he realized how much he has missed certain foods for when he was dieting for roles. And yeah, things like that. I think especially mental health, especially things like disordered eating or, or eating disorders, those are things that a lot of people neglect. And they can have really severe impacts on people's health and they are often totally invisible.
2: Yeah. It's such a good point. And and about the Zac Efron thing as well. Like I know Taylor Lautner and Channing Tatum have both said the same thing so Taylor about Twilight and Channing about Magic Mike of like the level of dieting and restrictive eating and exercise it takes to look like that is not it's not sustainable and it's they you know the what using their word is verging on like toxic behavior. And I just sometimes think that the benefits don't outweigh the negatives that it can do to your mental health, your self-esteem long-term as well. The question that Laura and I get, most of our listeners will have had from family members or something like that, being bigger, is I'm just worried about your health. I'm concerned about your health. And where we've got to now and what we say to our listeners is, you know, health is so many things. (laughs) I've always said, I think my mental health will get me before my physical health, do you know what I mean? Like, that's not something to worry about right now. Is that fair for us to say that, actually, when you're worried about my health, how about you be worried about everything else as well?
1: I think it's more than fair to say. And I think it's it's a complicated topic. It's a lot to unpack. But I think it's that, I think the way you phrase that is so important. Like, shouldn't you worry about other aspects of my health? And I think if I had to give one example for why people can focus so much on weight that they perhaps miss everything else, is when people say, I'm just worried about your health, That is the same justification that a lot of people use when they get children to diet. And we know that so many people had that experience where they were told they were overweight as a kid and then they had to start watching what they eat. And that type of conversation can be a catalyst to a very turbulent relationship with food, a very turbulent relationship with mental health, a very almost suddenly thrust upon you that you're almost hyper aware of your weight and the emotions that come with that and the way that those emotions entangle in your eating behavior and your attitudes towards exercise and your attitudes towards yourself and everything, that's a great example where even if someone thinks they're being well-intentioned, I'm personally not convinced that on average the impact is positive. Being outwardly concerned for people's weight, I think it causes a lot of issues that a lot of people don't think about when they say those type of comments.
0: Mm. There is actually research to show that commenting on somebody's like weight and health is actually more detrimental to them than carrying excess weight like as somebody who grew up with their like parents just trying their best just didn't know what to do constantly like laura you're eating too much laura you're gonna get fat laura no one's gonna love you looking like that laura you're way you're too big like you shouldn't be in that size clothes you're eating too much like all of this and it just made me go the opposite way and then i would like secret eat and do it and then it's just not it's not good it's not healthy i'm so glad that there is this kind of knowledge out there now that like again we shouldn't be talking about certain people's bodies and what they look like but we also shouldn't be like raising concerns about their health a person's health is or, i think between them and their doctor and that's it unfortunately their doctor's probably fat phobic and crap too but never mind let's move on this is a controversial question and uh, to be honest this whole this whole episode is like kind of tricky in that like mm-hmm. talking about like weight loss and like unfitness and, and stuff and I, I want to know, like, is seeking intentional weight loss a bad thing?
1: So when I talk about topics like this, I think it's actually almost easier for me to explain the two opposing arguments. Let's start at the f- the first end of the spectrum, which is the end most people are aware of that exists, which is the assumption that if someone is above a certain weight, they must be unhealthy, therefore they must diet. And this is what was described as a kind of weight-centric approach. It's focus on your weight first and everything else kind of falls into place. The flip side and the other end of the spectrum is a lot of things that we have talked about. Well, actually, know your you know, your health is more complicated than your weight. Um, you, you can improve your health without changing your weight, which is something that should, people shouldn't argue against. And then there are more complicated kind of subtopics of that, where if you are intentionally trying to change your weight, is that coming from, like you said, a place of fat phobia where people are uh, so terrified of the concept of body fat in general that they're doing it from a motivational foundation that you might say, actually, maybe that's not the reason you should be doing this. And I think there are really important conversations to be had about people losing weight. Are they doing it to improve their health? Are they doing it to improve the way they look? Improve air quotes for anyone who's listening to audio. If so, is, th- is that the vehicle that will take them to that destination? Like you said, when people compliment you when you lost weight, it's kind of like telling you that you looked a bit shit before. And I think the idea that you want to improve improve the way you look by losing weight, I totally understand why people don't like that, because it's kind of like saying, are you saying that you looked worse before? So I do I, I have many firm opinions on this, but I don't have a firm stance because I understand both ends of the spectrum. I understand that talking about the concept of weight loss in general to a lot of people is just, uh, no, Mm. that's not my thing. I want to accept my body the way I am. I think it's good for my mental health to not look at myself through a a kind of weight centric lens of I need to lose weight to achieve X, Y, and Z. I totally understand that and I totally, totally respect that. So let's say you were a client and you came to me and you said, I want to improve my health. I could say, okay, from this point on, it would be great if you consumed more vegetables. Maybe you're not consuming many at the moment. I'm just giving examples of, of common behaviours that people might focus on. Maybe you could improve your sleep. Maybe your stress levels are high. Maybe you can improve your aerobic fitness. Uh, maybe you can Im- increase your muscle strength. You could at no point ever stand on the scales. You could at no point ever do Things like body checking, body surveillance. We don't have to take measurements. We don't have to do anything. You could focus on those. And most people would be in agreement that you could improve your health by following those individual behaviors. Now, a different personal trainer might have a similar stance and they might say, you know what? Let's focus on these healthy behaviors, but also let's weigh you. Uh, just, just so we've got it. Um, you don't even have to look at it 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 becomes a very fine line on what is intentional weight loss or not. I, I think having very strong stances of this is bad, this is good, I think that's often why this is such a, a hot topic because people are looking at it from two completely different ends of the spectrum. And I think to a lot of people, just talking about diets, just talking about weight loss is, like you say, enough of a trigger for them to be like, fuck that, that I don't like it. And that's fine. I think you're allowed to have your own visceral reaction to something and say, that is not for me. I personally think that having the two ends of like, is it okay, is it not okay, is just a bit, I feel like it misses out on some some kind of really important, um, important questions because I personally don't like the idea of ever saying, no, this is not okay, what you want to do with your body. Mm. I think it is good to, to question the motivations to it like when you talk about, say, like aspiring to look like other people, celebrities in the media, having those kind of body image pressures, those external body image pressures that you need to look a certain way to be accepted mm. in society. I think they're really important conversations to have um, and maybe, you know, talk about the motives of why people want to lose weight in the first place.
0: Yeah, spot on.
2: I think that's where we're at, isn't it? It's kind of um, what we try to do with this podcast and and everything is we, we are outright anti-diet culture. But we've never said that we're anti, you know, health or, you know, specifically weight loss. Mm. But I think it's what's the intention behind it. And also, if you were to fail, because, you know, science tells us, you know, around about 95% of diets don't work and that you then don't. Feel shit about yourself because that's where we're all at. You know, we've all, everyone listening to this podcast will have gone on a diet and put the weight back on and then felt shit and felt like we we're a failure and all this kind of stuff. And that's where I was for years like every year, gaining more and more weight and going on diets and losing a bit and gaining more and gaining more. And you feel shit about yourself. Your self esteem's terrible. So it's kind of, you know, if you want to pursue weight loss, like intentional weight loss and, and what Laura said earlier about, you know, healthier behaviors, cool. But don't beat yourself up so hard if, it doesn't go your way or it it's not happening as quickly or you're not enjoying it as much and all that kind of thing. I think that's where me and Laura are probably personally and then where we try to get with this podcast, I reckon. I, th-
1: I think so like the, the dietary failure rate, I I don't I, like personally, I don't love the 95% statistic for various reasons. But I, I do think in, g- in general, anyone who looks at long term success rates of diets knows they're piss poor. Mm. Even if you're not necessarily against intentional weight loss, you can be against certain aspects of diet culture. And I think one of those very common themes in diet culture is someone goes on a diet, they restrict themselves, they lose weight for a certain period of time, then they go back to where they were before. And it's just this kind of, for a lot of people, it's a really gross, almost lifelong cycle of trying to change the way you look. To a lot of people, you know, Mm. there are better things to do with your life then spend it, you know. <laughs> I know it's easy for me to say, but that's how I view. It.
0: So we've got a few things that you wanted to get your stance on to hopefully debunk. We're going to do a quick fire round. We've got three things. Are you ready?
1: I'm not very good at quick fires. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Tell.
0: Okay, apple cider vinegar.
1: Um, there is a research paper showing that ingesting apple cider vinegar does seem to result in modest weight loss. And the, the key component of it is something called acetic acid. Now, personally, I it, it's, it's a tricky one because a research paper exists, but I don't put a lot of faith in it, and I don't normally say that about research papers. I know too many people that have consumed apple cider vinegar for too long that noticed absolutely fuck all <laughs> for me to say, you know what, that's a great idea. There are also risks that people who consume too much apple cider vinegar cause erosion to teeth enamel for me no um people that tend to use vinegar or apple cider vinegar are often doing so for like insulin or blood sugar related things for weight loss i think it is overrated and i never ever recommend it and it's also marketed so unnecessarily aggressively (laughs) that i think people think it is some kind of magical elixir and when that is the thought process a lot of people have, I am happy to go the other directions just to recalibrate it and say, no, it's bullshit.
2: We need a apple cider vinegar's PR team in my life. I think that's funny <laughs> <all I need. laughs> And it tastes gross. It is disgusting.
1: Almost any superfoods PR team. Yeah, super amazing. the superfoods.
2: The PR team that came out 20, what, 14, 15, the
1: superfoods.
2: Oh, yeah. crikey.
1: Coconut oil, apple cider Literally, vinegar. Literally, there was a thing. Yeah.
2: I remember it so clearly. And it was like you had to have a tablespoon of coconut oil every day and you were going to lose all your weight. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I, Pardon? I bought a bottle of apple what? cider
0: vinegar. Like, I'm talking probably eight, nine years ago now, thinking, this is it. This is going to be it. I'm going to be skinny. Laura version 2.0. Oh, no. yeah,
1: just- Did you notice anything? No.
0: Just just that it burnt. It burnt my mouth and my esophagus.
1: <laughs> so there's, there's some research showing that apple cider vinegar can lower people's appetite. So it could be a kind of like weight loss catalyst. But the reason that it lowers people's appetite is partly because it makes them feel nauseous. Brilliant. And I'm like... As far as mechanisms go, making someone feel so sick they don't want to eat—that's not when I uh, yeah, can really I'm get good. behind. You could just—you could smell your dog shit, and it would do the same thing. And <laughs> be free.
0: Imagine you just cooked a meal, and you're like, "Oh, do you know what? I don't want to eat all this. I'm going to taste some shit." No, <laughs> anyway. Okay, celery
1: juice. Whoever the PR team is for apple cider vinegar, I feel like they are learning from the celery juice PR team. <laughs> The, the individual who has popularized celery juice and i have to i want to be delicate here without disrespecting anyone's beliefs they get their information by talking to your spirits so they will hover their hands around your head and diagnose you and then tell you to drink celery juice if that sounds wild to anyone that's fine. If anyone thinks, you know what, that sounds totally legit, that's fine. But but generally speaking, like that is the the pioneer of why celery juice is
2: popular. <laughs> yeah, I think we had uh, Aubrey Gordon on our podcast a while ago and she was, yeah, the celery juice ghost. <laughs> the last one, which is, I think, a really interesting topic because it's one of those things that I started in the body confidence, positivity, autonomy movement, Of being like it's just this it's this simple and then actually you learn it and it really ain't that simple of the eat less move more
1: so basically all diets hinge on that consuming fewer calories than you burn that's where eat less move more comes from so from that perspective sure a good flip side to that is it's kind of like telling someone who's struggling with money to uh, spend less earn more you can say that technically it is correct but it's not actually addressing the reasons that people are struggling with it in the first place. So, for example, like, like you have already said, Laura, if someone said to you earlier on in your life, you need to go on a diet, just that, what actually happens? How do they interpret that advice? How does that uh, impact them emotionally? How does that emotional stimulus change their food behavior? If you went up to a thousand people and said, eat less, move more, good luck. I would say that the success rates would be fucking shit.
0: It's a huge oversimplification, isn't it? I think.
1: It, it, yeah, it, to, to me, it's it's like I I understand the value of of talking about calories because so many people diet buy into kind of fad diets and they don't realize that the reason that this works is because they're following a calorie control diet. So I kind of understand that. But it's such a gross in, oversimplification that I personally really dislike it. And the reason I dislike it is because I feel like it's weaponized. I feel like it's weaponized by personal trainers that look like me that shout at people and say you just need to eat less and move more. You're like, well fucking slow clap, Captain mm. Obvious. Thanks for pointing out the thing that we already fucking knew. Yeah. Like that's not the <laughs> thing that I'm struggling with. It puts
0: the like the onus on the person on the like on the individual. And I think it kind of like smacks of it
1: being like a moral failure. It's very rare that I have ever heard someone say it without them sounding really fucking patronising.
0: Yes. Like,
1: you can't give someone super simple advice that they already know in a patronising tone of voice and expect the recipient to be grateful for your input. Yes,
0: (laughs) that is so true. It's just going to make them go the other way, isn't it? Like surely, like we were talking earlier about when people say like you need to go on a diet, it doesn't like ensue health promoting behaviours. If anything, it can, I think, cause the opposite. And it just smacks of people not understanding, I think, the complexities of being in a body and that it's not It's not a choice.
1: Yeah, there's there's like this is kind of similar, but it's something that a lot of people won't be aware of. So there's a research study where they gave people different um, articles to read, and one of them was called "Quit Smoking or Lose Your Job," and the other one was called "Lose Weight or Lose Your Job." Everyone was was given food afterwards, and the people who read the weight stigmatizing article consumed more food afterwards. When people are exposed to weight stigmatization or weight discrimination it actually has the opposite effect. And it's not always, it's not in all people, but to a lot of people it has the opposite effect. And that is why I think it's so important to be very delicate and intentional with your language when talking about dieting. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, eat less, move more in a way that has made me think they're being kind. They're not being helpful, they're being a dick. It sounds like they're just being patronising arseholes.
0: So Ben I'm interested as somebody who like is very passionate and very keen to like call out the kind of toxicity in the fitness industry like what makes you still like it and why do you still do it because like you said right at the top of the episode as well that you were like you don't want people to comment on your body it's not about your physical appearance so what is it for you What, what does it do for you?
1: You know what it's a really good question and I think uh, generally speaking, like I, I grew up as a really active child. I was that kid that always played a lot of sports and I started going to the gym, I think when I was 16, they built a gym next to my school. So the gym became a, a behavior for me when I had free periods, it was like, oh, I'll, I'll go to the gym. And it became such a such an ingrained behavior, something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed feeling stronger. I enjoyed l- lifting more weights. I'm, I'm not sure what the psychological motivation well, that was, but that's the thing that I enjoyed. And then I think over time, that's when I started realizing how fucked up a lot of the fitness industry is. I got kind of sick of obsessing about the way I looked. I got kind of sick of other people obsessing about the way I looked, constantly commenting on it. So I still enjoy it. I still do the thing that I enjoy doing. But I feel like I kind of grew up inside the industry. And the longer I've spent within it, the more I realize there are there are aspects of it that I dislike. Yeah, I, I still love being in the fitness industry. I still love a lot of what the fitness industry stands for. I just think you, it's important to make sure you're on the right side of fitness TikTok, for example. There are loads of people that talk about ways that you can get stronger in the gym, ways you can make movement more enjoyable, ways that aren't how much do you weigh? You need to change how much you you weigh. There's so
0: many pricks on TikTok. Can I just say that, like, right from the opposite? like <laughs> spreading misinformation, spreading hatred, spreading fat phobia. Yeah. And um, I'm so I'm so fucking sick of it I sometimes get on the wrong side of TikTok Luckily I'm on dog, dog talk now Which is great now that I've got a dog oh. And fat babe TikTok <laughs> But like I do get the other stuff And it's just so, it's so disheartening That, that they're going to be kind of teaching these Like the younger generation Like younger boys as well Like this is what fitness is And this is what a woman should look like And if she lets herself go after having a baby You should dump her And it just makes me incredibly sad. That's why I'm thankful for you, Ben. That made me feel gross. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing that I find really hard is like starting from a place of like being very unfit. And I say that as somebody who like walks the dog for like 45, 50 minutes a day. And I do a bit of open water swimming, but like me and stairs, not friends. Like I just don't like exercise and I feel like the fitness industry is very kind of exclusive, not for people like me. And it, it just feels like um, a mountain, to be honest with you. So, like, any advice for sort of like you know someone who kind of is green in that area and like wants to like maybe move a bit more, but is like feeling like it is very daunting and very overwhelming, and like they'll never be able to get there. Yeah. So,
1: I, firstly, when you say that you just don't like fitness and the whole thing is kind of intimidating and is something that you're not not good at, like I totally understand why the fitness industry feels very. It, It excludes people, it excludes a lot of people. And a lot of people in the fitness industry don't realise that. And I know that because whenever I say that it's not a very inclusive place, I always get personal trainers giving me shit. I I once stitched a guy's video where he said, quit being a lazy slob. And I stitched it and I was like, the thing that I find weird about personal trainers is they will literally insult you to your face under the guise of being this kind of motivational speech. And like so many people got wound up at me, including him. And I was like, all I'm saying is don't insult people and think that you're motivating them. And one of the ways that I think it's good for people in the fitness industry to realise how intimidating the gym is, is people in the fitness industry tend to love the gym. That's why we picked that industry. And it's hard for some people to realise that it's an intimidating place to go because to them it's their haven, it's the, the thing they love. But almost everyone, I think, has a place that they feel uncomfortable when they walk into. And although I'm comfortable walking into gyms, there would be places that you two would be comfortable. And if you said, Ben, do you want to come with us? I'd be like, oh, I don't feel... And you know, getting your foot in the door to begin with. Mm. So for me, if you said, hey, Ben, do you want to come on the dance floor? fucking terrified i was just thinking <laughs> that <laughs> i was
0: thinking more like, i was thinking would ben like musical theater would he want to come and see a show with us would that be comfortable i would see theater? a show oh, okay. but if you invited
1: me on the dance floor but not to i dance. would come up with a you minute. don't want to
2: come to a musical theater rave <laughs> mm. i, I use the term rave loosely obviously <laughs>
1: and i think i think the, the point that i'm trying to make is a lot of people don't realize how intimidating it is for other people but normally we can think of scenarios that we personally don't enjoy. And I think it's, it's important to recognize that. I honestly think that the most gentle way to do something, in my opinion, when it comes to fitness, I've been through periods of really, really ill health and starting from scratch. And I'm saying this like from my own perspective, starting from scratch for me was so, so fucking difficult compared to having the momentum that an actual fitness professional has Mm. and I don't think a lot of fitness professionals know that because they've just been doing it for so long that it's second nature for them so what I tend to start off with 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 clients that, that are brand new is is there anything that you enjoy doing now that's it and as an example a woman came to me referred to from another personal trainer The other personal trainer described her as non-compliant. She was an individual that he could not get results with. I started working with her and I just sat down with her before we started. And she said, the personal trainer told me that I needed to track calories. I didn't want to track calories. He told me that I needed to run on the treadmill because running is good for weight loss. I hate being on the treadmill. She's like, I'm self-conscious about my weight. I'm self-conscious that people will look at me. I'm self-conscious that I will jiggle. I'm self-conscious that... I won't be good at it. And people will watch me wheezing after 30 seconds. Like all, the, all the things that loads of people feel. And she was just terrified of going in the gym. And I was like, okay, is there anything you enjoy? And she said, I actually really enjoy boxing. And she said, he did this like pad work with me once. like It was, it was a warm up or something. And she said, I just really enjoyed it. And she said, part of the reason I enjoyed it is because it wasn't in the gym. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And we just went outside the gym. So even when it was winter, she would prefer to stand outside the gym in the cold than be in the gym because that's how much she hated it. But that's what we started at. And then I think it's easier if you enjoy something. And over time, you start getting a little bit better at it and you you feel good that you're getting better at it. And that kind of momentum builds. And I think that's the type of thing that can be really important from an exercise perspective.
0: It's so refreshing. I think personal trainers get a bad rep sometimes. And that's granted because I think a lot of them are bricks but then it's nice to know that like they're not all like that There's some good eggs good eggs in there I think <laughs> I I just I wanted to kind of just finish on a a little bit of a personal story that I actually hired a personal trainer to start working with me last summer and I said to her like I've got a really complex relationship with with food and I don't really want I don't want to like track calories. I just want to be a bit fitter. My knee, I have a knee injury that I fell on some ice a few years ago and I just want to be able to run up the stairs and run around after my nieces a bit more and all of those things. It wasn't completely smooth sailing. It was a little bit rocky, but we got to a really good place and went after about 12 weeks and then when we got to 12 weeks, she was like, I do insist on weighing you. And I was like, OK, but why? She's like, because I need to know that you're making progress. And that's like how I can measure. I think I put her off for a couple of weeks and then eventually she did weigh me. And then for that week, for the first time in a really long time, I had—I actually did like I didn't diet or count calories, but I just really restricted myself. And I lost 12 pounds in a week and I was all chuffed with myself. And I was like, this is amazing. And then, of course she was like ecstatically happy. Like this is the best result I've seen ever in the first week. This is amazing. Well done. And then what happened the next week? I put it back on. Then what happened the next week? I put it back on. I did less exercise. And then I binned her off because I was like, oh, she's going to judge me. This is awful. And I stopped doing it. So something that was actually working for me and was was actually good for me and my physical health ended up being really bad and really toxic because she insisted on weighing me. And I just, I found that really sad. So Thank you for restoring my faith in humanity and not being a twat, basically. (laughs) It's my
2: pleasure. Is there a better compliment? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, thank
0: you. Well, I have to say I was a bit nervous about that episode, but um, not, not because of Ben, because I know he's great, but just because it's such a sensitive subject. But I'm hoping we did it justice. And hopefully, you know, you guys listening maybe learnt something as well.
2: Ben's probably the best person that we could have had on for it. And again, it's really important that we stress the fact that like Ben understands his privilege and we know his privilege, but yet he is incredibly knowledgeable on this topic. And we recorded with him for about what an hour, hour and a half. And I don't feel Mm -hmm. triggered by the talks that we had. I don't feel bad. I don't feel like sometimes, uh, you know, if I listen to a podcast or, you know, you see that kind of diet chat instinctively, you just want to get out there and, 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 Kind of binge to be honest or overeat. And I don't feel that. And I hope that's the case with everybody else. I've really enjoyed it. It was so informative and more of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> me too and thank you guys so much for listening we really hope you found it interesting if you ever want to get in touch with us you can by emailing love at crowdnetwork.co.uk and if you want more of us before our next episode why wouldn't you you can check out our Facebook group Go Love Yourself Community or our Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod
2: and you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts where you can get ad-free and early episodes for just £1 a week or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week